Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, everybody, and live from Cleveland Brown quarterback tryouts, it's the Fourth and Inches show with Jenna and Sherpa. Jenna, both your Cowboys and my Giants had a pretty rough Turkey Day weekend. Um, what do you make of the NFC East at this point? Um, I think the NFC least is living up to its name. I don't, I mean, nothing about me is happy that the Redskins are on top of the division or that I had to watch a Giants-Redskins game for for the number one seed. Um, my family are all Eagles fans, and I called them gloating about how terrible their team was and then immediately got a call while Tony Romo was looking at the clouds about how awful my season was going. So it was not a great Thanksgiving here. <laughs> Well, it's nice when everybody in the family can be right at the same time. Yeah, we're all right and we're all wrong all at once. <laughs> Maybe this week will be better, though. I mean, Tony Romo can't break his collarbone again, so I've got that going. Well, he for does me. have two. He does have two collarbones. Well, he can't do it on the field. Yeah, he could. I guess he could fall down. Someone could. Maybe Greg Hardy will hit him. I don't know. There's still ways this could go bad. Yeah. Uh, it's true. <laughs> well, so, you know, at least your Giants look a little more functional. Yeah, I don't know. That's 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 <laughs> that's damning by faint praise, and I'm not too optimistic about their uh, prospects and their rivalry game with the Jets, their quadrennial rivalry game with the Jets this weekend. But we'll see how that all plays out. I just, I still can't. I, in my heart of hearts, I still think the Giants end up winning that division because I just can't see, you know, Washington has to play road games at some point and I just don't think yeah, that's going to yeah. go very well for them. Generally Although, it doesn't, they have but another we'll see, I home guess. game against your Cowboys. Yeah. Yeah, well, I'm sure we'll have some fun with that one when we get to it. <laughs> Indeed we will. But in the so. meantime, we did unfortunately have a lot of injuries this week. A lot of them. Not, in, I mean, obviously Tony Romo, but a lot of big names well, went down. All the kickers. There are at least three kickers this week that might not play. Three starting kickers. We're in a kicker conundrum. Yeah, it was a bad week to be a kicker named Matt. Apparently, it was. It was an alarming trend. Yeah. So I guess Matt McBride won't be uh, signed anytime soon. Probably not. It seems a little dangerous. So, so what else do you have for us injury-wise besides the the headline kicker injuries? Yeah, those are obviously the top of the pack. Uh, I don't know if you guys have heard, um, but the Browns have a a quarterback situation. Josh McCown broke his clavicle. Ah, that sounds familiar. He's officially on IR. He's done for the year. Austin Davis is going to be the starter this week. Johnny Manziel is going to be the backup quarterback. We'll see how that all goes. It's apparently a week-to-week thing. And as a side note, the Browns also signed Terrell Pryor as a wide receiver today. So there's that. Uh, I'm just really sorry, Cleveland fans. (laughs) This is just just bad. Um, How many years in a row is it that they will have had a top-five draft pick? It's pretty ridiculous. I think a million roughly since the draft started, even including the years they didn't exist. I think they still have a top-five draft pick. Uh, and then you look They're at... They're them you, like the 76ers. Yeah. Then you look at Pittsburgh, and it really depends who you ask. Ben Roethlisberger did, does, or never had a concussion. Um, he is out of the concussion protocol and cleared to practice, and he is practicing, and he's going to play this week. But he may or may not have had one on Sunday. No one's really sure. Uh, 49ers running back Carlos Hyde, he's still not practicing. He's got a stress fracture in his foot. Doesn't look good for him this week. However, it looks a lot better for Sam Bradford. He said he's going to start this week. Uh, Fun fact for you, the last time that the Eagles beat the New England Patriots, Coy Detmer was the starting quarterback and Drew Bledsoe was the starter for the Patriots. So it's been a little while. Uh, They only play once every four years. That's not fair. I mean, how many games have they played since then? Four or five? <laughs> a couple of times. It's been a, it's been a little while, but it realistically, even if they played every year, a lot of those teams weren't going to be 
a Tom Brady Patriots team. Sorry, Eagles fans. No, Send true. your hate mail my Although way. They, they just that team, I don't know. They're going to be putting cardboard cutouts out at the wide receivers. Bill could, could win with you and I starting a wide receiver and not even activating a running back. I'm I'm convinced at this no, point that is possible. Speak for yourself. He he wouldn't do too well with me out there. I'm kind of a butter fingers. I run a great route. <laughs> Shy away from contact. <laughs> you and you and Toby Gerhardt have that in common. Um. <laughs> So, Tony Romo, uh, hairline fracture in his clavicle. It's not broken in six places this time, so that's a positive. They're not going to put him on IR just in case. Well, Terrible he'll idea. He'll be back but... for the playoffs, right? Exactly. Or, you know, next week. We'll see how it goes. Andrew Luck is, quote, aggressively throwing with little pain. He's not playing this week, but next week looks like it might be a possibility. Just keep an eye on it. New Orleans wide receiver Willie found Sneed. His cat. Yeah, yeah, I think so. <laughs> Willie Sneed's not practicing. He's got a calf injury. Uh, that's one you're going to want to watch as the week goes on. New Orleans is going to have to throw a lot. It'd be good if he was on the field. Uh, over in New York, Brandon Marshall's been limited with his toe and ankle injury. He's going to play. This is the same deal every week. He should be fine. Uh, it looks like Darrell Revis. Still is in the concussion protocol. He hasn't even been cleared to sit in on meetings yet, which is a little bit uh, troublesome, I'd say. Uh, it he could change in the week? next day or two. Uh, well, it all depends if he gets on the field. But a guy you may have heard of, Odell Beckham Jr., I think might be his name. <laughs> he's pretty I don't good, know. Right? People don't know him. Uh, he's, you know, he's not a the, little bit under the radar. A little bit, yeah. Um, but that is if he can get on the field. So keep an eye Thursday, Friday. If he gets out of concussion protocol, it should be fine, but keep an eye on it. Danny Amendola was uh, limited at practice, but he's looking good. Apparently he's cutting well, which is nice. Uh, not cutting teammates, actually cutting his routes, so that's good. It looks like he's on track I to play this week. I thought cutting well. Good. I was going to say, what's he doing out on the golf course? That would be fun if he just gave up on the whole wide receiver premise altogether, just start playing golf in the middle of the game. I mean, that'd be new. That'd be very Less interesting. Contact. Yeah, a little bit. Well, who knows? Depends how you play golf, I guess. Uh, Devontae Freeman was uh, limited at practice. He's out of the concussion protocol, but apparently not 100% yet, so keep an eye on him. Lions wide receiver Lance Moore's already been ruled out for Thursday night's game with an ankle injury. It looked a little more promising yesterday, so he should be fine for next week. Uh, just a short week got him. Steelers tight end Heath Miller's got some rib injuries. He didn't practice. That's a late kickoff, so you may not want to take your chances on that one. Just keep an eye on it as the week goes on. Uh, Vincent Jackson down in Tampa Bay has a knee injury. He didn't practice. That's another one you want to wait and see on. Calvin Johnson's listed as questionable with an ankle injury going into the Thursday night game. He's going to play. He's Calvin Johnson. Short of his foot falling off, he'll be on the field. Jaguars wide receiver Alan Hearns, however, uh, he's still in the concussion protocol. Doesn't look good for him. He's probably not playing this week. Zach Ertz has graduated from the concussion protocol. He practiced fully today. He's going to play this week. Ryan Matthews, however, has not. He hasn't been cleared yet, so again, wait and see on him. The Broncos inexplicably announced today that C.J. Anderson's still going to be the backup running back behind Ronnie Hillman. I know some of you out there are saying, Ronnie Hillman still plays on the Broncos? Yep, he does, and he's their starting running back. So uh, that really makes no difference. C.J. Anderson's still the one you want to play, uh, but a note for whatever it's worth. Dolphins wide receiver Rashard Matthews is likely not playing this week. Uh, he's got some, some banged-up ribs. Jarvis Landry missed practice with a knee injury, but he likely is going to play. Uh, so that moves Devontae Parker up the depth chart. He could be a good sleeper pick for you, a good value pick in your money leagues this week. We'll talk more about that later. Cincinnati tight end Tyler Eifert, it was not a good week to be a tight end, left the game on Sunday with a stinger. He's still not practicing uh, keep an eye on him. I don't think they need him to beat the Browns, but it'd be nice to have him out there for your fantasy teams. And Rob Gronkowski, another little-known name, he's, quote, week to week with the knee injury. It's bruised and strained. It looked kind of bad, but ended up not being nearly as bad as 
what happened to Jimmy Graham, who's done for the year on on IR with a torn patella tendon. Uh, Peyton Manning. Can you just pardon him as a turkey last week? I did, and apparently jinxed him. So my bad, Jimmy Graham. Really sorry about that. Uh, (laughs) Peyton Manning is out of his walking cast, which is exciting. He's not playing this week. You're still going to get the Brockweiler, uh, but we'll see how that progresses. Colts running back Ahmad Bradshaw, who just became relevant again, is now on IR because he's got a wrist injury. He's done for the year. And Arizona is having yeah Arizona's having Never saw that rife at running back. Chris Johnson's on IR, but is designated to return. So when they hit the Super Bowl, he'll be good to go. And Andre Ellington may not play this week with turf toe, so David Johnson is the winner in the clubhouse for the Arizona starting running back sweepstakes. Get excited. <laughs> yeah, I'll pass. Well, fine. <laughs> All right. Anybody uh, waiver wire wise that jumps out at you this week? With all I like Dante Parker in Miami a lot. We talked about him. David Johnson in Arizona. I'm a little bit more into than you are. Scott Chandler is a must pick up if people haven't beaten you to him already on the waiver wire. With Gronk out and Chandler, you know, actually being somebody who knows the offense that's still on the field and in one piece. He got a ton of targets last week, even with Gronkowski in the game, and he's going to see even more this week because, realistically, he's the only guy that still has a uniform. Like, they're still making them for the guys they're signing off the street, and Terrell Owens is calling the Patriots asking for a workout. Like, that's where they're at right now. Um, As far as – I like Travis Benjamin as a sleeper. He's being dropped in some leagues, but he actually looks pretty good with Austin Davis under center, so if he's floating around out there, go pick him up. Austin Davis would be somebody that I wouldn't, you know, if I were desperate for a quarterback this week, but, you know, he had a nice run last last year with the Rams. Last year with the Rams, he had, I remember in particular, one game against the Eagles where he almost brought them back from a four-touchdown deficit, I think. Yeah, I mean, I I like what I've seen as a small sample size, and granted, they're going to be behind, they're going to have to throw a lot, so it's Absolutely not a bad pickup. So, and any kickers that you would pick up? Uh, all of them, or obviously. Just... It's it's so it's so different from one league to another. I mean, anybody who's starting. You still have starting... multiple kickers on your <laughs> roster. Uh, sometimes I do. I like having options. Ugh. I'm a fan of Ugh. it. Ugh. Never gonna change. Never no. gonna change. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I will it's always good to, to have a backup kicker. you for the remainder of our lives. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like nails on a chalkboard to me. Six years, man. I'm consistent. I'm the picture of consistency. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> I'll, I'll give you that much. So, should we just dive right into the the, the game stuff? Yeah. This is this is the point in the show when you're like, why do I still do this? <laughs> yeah. All right. So came early this week. <laughs> starting with the Thursday night game, we've got Green Bay at Detroit. Uh, both these teams playing on Thursday for the second week in a row. One of them was successful last week. One not so much. Uh, yeah. I think this will be. I mean, last week it was kind of hard for me to, or two weeks ago in particular, I think there was only one or two games where the losing team scored more than 21 points. This week, I look at a number of games that I see could be shootouts. We'll see if that comes to pass. And then again, nobody thought Baltimore-Cleveland was going to be high-scoring you know, Monday night. I think most people had uh, the over-under pegged at uh, less than either team scored in that game. But Yeah, you know, I think anyway. I had it. 24 going into that game. <laughs> yeah, that's probably higher than most people had it. But So anyway, yeah. Green Bay and Detroit, I don't think that that's going to be a 24 over under. I think it's more like double that at least, you know, probably even you know, closer to triple that. But, you know, Green Bay, in spite of their loss last week in Minnesota, Super Bowl-bound Minnesota victory, they're Still in pretty good shape for the playoffs. Detroit having a nice run now, but I just, you know, 
Green Bay is a little bit better than the Eagles and some of the other teams that Detroit has beaten up on recently, like Philadelphia and Oakland. I think this is a close game. I think there's a lot of offense, but ultimately I think Aaron Rodgers is a little bit better than Matthew Stafford in this game, and so I'll give the game to Green Bay by a score 34-27. I, I agree, Green Bay, in a close one. I've got 28-24. Um, the Lions have won three straight. They're not looking bad. Neither of these defenses looks good, though, so I think it's safe to say there will – in bucking most Thursday night traditions, there will be points here uh, and a good amount of them, so you don't have to shy away from the fantasy players here. Aaron Rodgers, I think, is on the verge of actually hitting a teammate on the field if they continue to drop passes the way they're doing right now. So hopefully they clean some of that up and they can pull out the win. I know there are a lot of people out there picking a Lions upset. Uh, I don't know if I'm I'm willing to do that, but I'll say this is going to be a close game. Uh, after losing to your allegedly Super Bowl down Minnesota Vikings last week, I think that the Packers need this more than the Lions do. They need to start saving face in their division and and kind of getting back on track. And I think that's going to be the deciding factor. Well, hopefully, if they lose, that Aaron Rodgers won't tell the Green Bay fans to relax. <laughs> not. I don't know if it's going to have quite the same effect. Probably not. Nope, so, they're on track for uh, one of those players-only meetings that always work out so, so well if things don't don't go well this week. Yeah, apparently that's going real well in Miami, but we'll get to that in a bit. <laughs> so, Sunday, well, one nice thing is we have a few more late games this week than we did last great. week. Last week, I think we had two late games this week. We have four, so that's that's an improvement. If we Progress. keep up at that rate in two weeks, all the games will be late games. But uh, okay. the first of the Sunday morning games, as you like to call them, for early games, as I like to call them, features <laughs> Seattle at Minnesota. Both these teams fighting for the playoff lives. Seattle showing signs of life lately. Doubtful that they'll be able to catch Arizona, but they still have a good shot at a wild card at this point. It pains me to do this, but I think even without Jimmy Graham, Seattle's offense is obviously starting to click now. Um, Minnesota, much as I love them, I just don't see enough offense, especially from the passing game this week. So I'm going to pick Seattle to win this by four. I'll go Seattle 28, Minnesota 24. I'm so confused that we're in a world where you're not picking the Vikings, and I am. I don't I don't like anything about what's happening right now. Well, even Super Bowl teams stub their toe once in a while now, right? True. Of course true. I said that two weeks ago after they played Green Bay, but also true. <laughs> um, but you admittedly did did say they were not going to finish undefeated, that there were gonna be some of these road road bumps here. So I guess you sort of took care of that earlier on. You kind of covered yourself there, but I, I actually think pass, Minnesota. Yeah. I think Minnesota can win this game. Uh, Seattle, yes, has started to look like, hey, we're not just facilitating an offense; they're actually having one. But the Minnesota defense, I think, is going to slow some of that down. They're playing at home, which is always nice. Um, but I think that Green Bay. true. <laughs> but I think that. Um, you know, a guy like Kyle Rudolph could be your difference maker this week. As crazy as it sounds, uh, Seattle's just terrible against opposing tight ends. And then not having Jimmy Graham, it, yes, it's not going to be a huge loss for him, but it's still somebody that you had to account for, and you're going to be able to spread your defense out a little bit more because Luke Wilson does not strike fear in anybody. He's There are a lot of people out there saying he's a good play this week. I don't agree, but... I like Kyle Rudolph a lot. I think Minnesota's going to sneak one out. I like them 24-21 over the Seahawks. Um, the old Blair Walsh project and Kyle Rudolph are, are my guys in this game. I hope you're right, but I'm a little more pessimistic. But just back to Green Bay for a second. Am I wrong, or are they playing their third road game in a row against a division foe? I believe they are. That is, that that's, is correct. That's pretty brutal. They're I, I guess the last couple of weeks of the yeah. schedule will be good for them, but uh, this is a pretty brutal stretch. But if they can they win two out of three, the, they'll the be in good stretch. shape. 
<laughs> yeah. So next we go to Cincinnati at Cleveland, a rematch of a Thursday night game from about a month ago. That game wasn't close. I don't think this one will be either. I mean, hopefully Austin Davis breathes some life into that Cleveland offense, but I really don't see it. Cincinnati started off, you know, you know, with you know, undefeated, you know, one of the last undefeated teams, but then lost two games in a row. You know, I think they were 8-0 and now they're two, so they righted the ship last week after two tough defeats in a row. I think they'll keep it going and not exactly going out on a limb here, but I think they'll win this by three touchdowns. I'll say final score Cincinnati 34, Cleveland 13. Okay. Uh, I I think Cleveland will keep it marginally more respectable. I don't think it's going to be three touchdowns. I think maybe 28-14. I think two, maybe even 17 points if they're getting real crazy, but I like Austin Pettis. Uh, when their last matchup, Johnny Manziel did not play well against the Bengals. So, I mean, or let's go with Austin Davis and see what happens this time. I think that they'll have a little more success. Cincinnati's a little banged up. We don't know if Tyler Eifert's going to play. But granted, this should be a fairly easy game for the Bengals. This isn't one I'd be rushing to watch on TV. Probably not. Plus, it's a lot of orange and and brown and black on the field. It's going to be a little little tough to decipher some of that anyway. Yeah, thank goodness it's not a Thursday night game. I could only imagine what they would do with those uh, color rush uniforms. That would be that'd be horrible. Thank you for putting that image in my head. Well, wait till next year when it happens for real. Oh. As we said last week, apparently they're going <laughs> to use those color rush uniforms in all the <laughs> Thursday night games next year, so we have I'm, that to look forward to. Nope, I'm in denial. I'm pretending it's not happening. All right, well, start a petition and maybe that'll happen or I'll not happen as the case might be. So <laughs> next up we've got Baltimore Ravens who snuck out a victory on Monday they night. They crazier ways and, to win, man. This is That was a weird ending to a game. Yeah, that's what I think only the second time in history that a game has ended on a blocked field goal return for a touchdown. Yeah. And it's not an everyday it's thing. Not an everyday thing by a long shot. So but one thing that does seem to be an every game occurrence is Matt Schaub throwing a pick six. And I think he'll probably True. do it again this week. Don't know who the Miami defender to benefit from that will be, but I'm sure somebody will. I think Baltimore manages to keep this close and I'm real high on Kamara Aiken right now, but as awful as they've looked at times this season, as awful as they looked against the Jets last week, yeah, I picked them, but they didn't win. But I think they'll get it done here. I'll say that Miami wins it by a field goal. I'll say final score, Miami 30, Baltimore 27. Ooh, I'm actually taking Baltimore to upset my Dolphins. And I'm Wait taking... a minute. So you're picking yeah. Minnesota and I'm picking Miami? And each of us is going against our oh, our one of our favorite teams. Or what's this world coming to? Stop the show now! Like, <laughs> so well, I guess we're not agreeing on all all the games this week. This doesn't make any sense. I I, I don't know I don't know what to do about it. But I I still think Baltimore's going to win this game. I think they're going to win it twenty eight twenty four. So I agree it's going to be close. But granted, it's a short week. They're on the road. Uh, Matt Schaub is a professional at throwing to defenders, uh, but I think despite that, they're still going to be they're going to be okay here. They have some good things. Uh, Miami's defense has kind of taken quite a uh, a dive here in the last few weeks. They're now 27th in pass defense, 30th in pass touchdowns allowed per game. Uh, so Matt Schaub can throw some to the Dolphins, but also throw them to his own receivers, and I think still have success that way. Uh, and the Dolphins fired their offensive coordinator, which some people think is a good thing. This makes me a little nervous the first week, 
Uh, Ryan Tannehill is talking about more audibles at the line of scrimmage. I think they're going to try to get too cute, too fast, stick with the run and try to win that way. But I think that Baltimore can take this. I might be the only person that thinks that, though. It's entirely possible. Uh, he does call more audibles. I hope he starts calling out John Harbaugh's name or Rex Ryan's name or something just to keep it interesting. That would be fun. I do want to watch this game, though. I'm interested in this. Mm-hmm. We'll have fun <laughs> watching it all. I'll be watching Seattle, Minnesota, or some of the Justin Giants. But uh, anyway, let's let's move on then. So next up we've got. It. You're over this game. <laughs> I'm over that game. Next we've got Houston at Buffalo. Two other teams that are not going to be in the playoffs this year. It's hard to know what to make of this game. Both of these teams have been really up and down this year. I think, yeah, yeah. Buffalo is a little more talented, but you know, with Brian Hoyer, you know, I think Houston has uh, more of a chance. You know, I'll, I'll say Buffalo wins it just because they're at home. I'll say that they win by a field goal. I'll, I'll go with a final score: Buffalo twenty-seven, Houston twenty-four. I've got a little lower scoring. I've got a 24-20. I'm also taking Buffalo. I think their defense is probably a deciding factor here. Uh, Houston, like, I just – I have a better handle, I think, on who Buffalo is as a team than I do with the Texans. I just – I honestly – I have no idea what they're going to look like from one week to another. Uh, but their defense has really come on the last few weeks, and they've kind of kept them in games, so – DeAndre Hopkins is going to find the end zone, and that'll be great. But beyond that, I just I don't know what's going to happen here. Pretty sure the Bills are going to win, though. Yeah, again, not a game that I'd be excited to watch. It's one of those late-season games that just doesn't hold much appeal. Also, for what it's worth, uh, if the playoffs were to start today, the Vikings would be playing the Seahawks. So you're seeing, you're seeing your on the path to Super Bowl Vikings essentially in in a play a pre playoff game so you can assess where they're really at. And for whatever reason yeah. I'm the one that picked them to win. So how how yeah. involved are you in this, this Super Bowl run here? <laughs> well they'll they'll sneak into the playoffs and then they'll probably end up playing you know, they'll win their wild card weekend game and then they'll play Arizona and upset them and then you'll you'll see. No, I just no, I don't want real. them to peak too early. <laughs> oh, I want them to make the playoffs. Oh, okay. I see. I see. Too early. It's all about the slow play so here. <laughs> it's better if they make it as a wild card and they'll uh, sneak up on teams. Mhm. That's good. That's good of you being very generous. You're not buying way. this. Not at all. Not at all. <laughs> all right. <laughs> well, well, let's let's carry on then. So next up, we've got. San Francisco at Chicago, another game with uh, not much in the way of playoff implications. Uh, Chicago is at least entertaining on offense when Jay Cutler's right and Sean Jeffrey is healthy and Matt Forte's Forte is... back now. Like the gang's all here. It, it seems yeah. like almost everybody is thinking about possibly being healthy at the same time, which is exciting. That hasn't happened all year. No, and I think as a result of that, they'll win this game pretty easily. I'll say final score, Chicago 31, San Francisco 20. But yeah, I, I'm kind of curious about Chicago just to see what they can do on offense against a team that really seems like they're nailing it in at this point. Yeah, they kind of do. I, mean, <laughs> I think the 49ers' biggest news story today was like how deeply discounted they had Colin Kaepernick merchandise. So, so things aren't going great there for them. Uh, I think Probably they'll at least stay in this game. Almost as much as their Jim Thomas Sula merchandise. <laughs> yeah, I've I've got Chicago winning twenty eight twenty four, and it's scary again. This this week feels weird on a lot of levels for the picks I'm making. But I actually have Jay Cutler as a guy that I want to I want to start on some of my DraftKings lineups this week. And I just I feel so dirty doing it. I don't like it. But I think Chicago just overall. A little more together, a little healthier. They're playing at home. I think that gives them the edge here. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's hard to imagine 
you know, a team starting, you know, Sean Drone being, a, you know, a threat to win many NFL games, but we'll see. Sean Drone and Blaine Gabbert. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you got that. And, yeah, that's, that's just a mess there. So, next up, here's here's two more teams that are not going to be playing meaningful January football, as they say in the trade. That would be Jacksonville at Tennessee. In spite of that, I think this is going to be interesting game, game between I'm two young, promising about. quarterbacks. And I'll give Tennessee the edge just because they're at home. But I think it's close. I think Tennessee wins the final score. Tennessee 27, Jacksonville 24. I've got Jacksonville 30, Tennessee 21. Uh, obviously, big fan of both these teams. The rest of the world, not so much. I just think Blake Bortles is still better than Marcus Mariota right now. Even without Alan Hearns, I think overall their offense looks a little better. Julius Thomas is getting healthier. That's exciting. Uh, Marcus Mariota is still dealing with Delaney Walker's back. He's healthy. Kendall Wright's still looking rusty. Uh, I think that Bortles is going to be able to do it this week. But, I, I mean, I'm... I think this is going to be a fun game to watch. Could be. Okay, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully there'll be flying planes overhead that say fire Jeff Fisher and she'll get upset <laughs> and throw tantrum on the field. That's what I'm rooting would... for in this game. Good to know. So you're probably watching something else. <laughs> that would be a good. That would be a good uh, assumption on your part. So, All right, next moving game, on then. Next game off, uh, we've got Atlanta. What did they start the season? 6-0, 5-0, and now their they, season is spiraling. The world was excited about Atlanta, and they went off a cliff in a colossal way. Yeah, and they're, we're losing to the Super Bowl-bound Vikings at home. There's there's not much hope for you. You're <laughs> scoring 10 points or less. I think, I not think much the crazy thing you. is, like, Matt Ryan was – kind of the glue that held all this together and right now he's maybe the the offensive player struggling the most not named Roddy White. It just doesn't make sense. No. But I think they get back on track in this game only because I don't trust Tampa Bay's offense. Yeah, you know, Jameis Winston's still pretty inconsistent. Someday he may be a star quarterback or at least an upper level quarterback. I don't think he's quite there yet. Matt Ryan should have a decided edge in this game. As you alluded to before, Vincent Jackson's banged up, so that means a lot's going to fall on Mike Evans and Doug Martin. Yeah, I, I, I think they're both decent picks this week in daily leagues, but I still like Atlanta to win this game. I'll say final score, Atlanta 27, Tampa 21. I think maybe 24-17. I've got the Falcons over the box. Uh, this is a must-win game for both these teams if they want to still be alive and have a thought about going to the playoffs. Realistically, neither of these teams necessarily should be, but someone's gotta. Uh, and I think Matt Ryan, uh, when the you know the chips are down a little bit, Devontae Freeman may not be there. Leonard Hankerson's hurting, but I think Matt Ryan's still going to find a way to make this work. Jameis Winston may may give up a pick six over there. That wouldn't shock me at all. I like Jacob Tammy a lot in this game. Just because without Freeman and Hankerson, he's essentially going to be getting targeted the second most behind Julio Jones. And for the the price is right, he's not going to be owned maybe that much. I think it's a good play this week. I can't really see either of these teams contending for a wild card spot. I would think that at this point, if I had to guess... They're still, they're still relevant. If I had to guess, I would say at this point that um, Seattle will get one of the wild card berths, and then the, the Minnesota Green Bay loser would get the other one. Probably, but I mean, who knows? We've still got a couple of weeks of football left to play. Tony Romo's we not do. on IR. Anything could happen. Yeah, that's true. You could uh, come <laughs> waltzing off the field, waltzing onto the field in the fourth quarter, and uh, lead them to a comeback victory this week. But we'll get to that Still's in a little right. bit. So. <laughs> Next up, we've got the, um, the New York series. Arizona at St. Louis. Arizona, oh, one of the most prolific offenses. <laughs> it's um, kind of hard to pick against them, even without Chris Johnson and 
Andre Ellington and, you know, if you're top two running backs or David Johnson and Stephon Taylor, then, you know, you would think ordinarily that wouldn't bode well for your team. But, you know, they've just got so much depth at wide receiver. And and Arizona, you know, Carson Palmer is really got to be the comeback player of the year this year. It's not even, you know, I, I don't think he's in the conversation for MVP. I think unless Tom Brady falls off a cliff the last few weeks of the season, he's a lock for that this year. But I still think, or, or no, I, I take that back. Cam Newton will get a lot of votes, too. Should be a two-man race between them, I would think. But uh, in this game, Arizona, I just, St. Louis defense plays well at times, but their offense has just never really gotten on track with uh, your friend uh, Nick Foles. Nick Foles dynamite. So, <laughs> yeah, I just I, I don't see that happening for him this week. I'll go with a you know final score of uh, Arizona thirty-four, St. Louis seventeen. I've actually got the same score. I this Rams team is it's riddled with injuries. I mean, you got Wes Welker getting targets. Uh, it's not an ideal situation. The quarterbacks are not where you need them to be, and the best thing they have going is Todd Gurley, who's about to run into a pretty good defense, and the fact that he is literally the only thing going on offense right now, uh, I think they're going to be looking at the run. So the Rams are going to get shut down. I, I'm not worried about Arizona being on the road in back-to-back weeks. I'm not worried about the fact that they did actually lose to the Rams way back earlier this season. Uh, Carson Palmer just looks so dialed in right now. And, I mean, I could probably start at running back, and they'd still win this game. I'm not too worried about there being interchangeable parts there. They have enough strength in the pass game that they're going to be fine. And I don't think Carson Palmer would want to do that. I think your uh, pass blocking might need a little work. But I am very small, so I could just slip right through defenders. It'd be great. Be downfield, boom. Little 10-yard, little out route, done. Making first downs all day. Don't you have a bad back, too, or am I imagining that? Nope, that's real. That's very real. <laughs> all right. So, well, you'll have to wear a flak jacket then. It's all right. No big deal. Or maybe deal. a bulletproof vest. Maybe both. Why not? I can probably use the extra padding. I am pretty small comparatively. <laughs> yeah. We don't want you to look like Bib the Michelin Man when you're out there. <laughs> like a Christmas story. I can't put my arms down. But it's okay because I need them up to catch passes anyway. So it'll be fine. <laughs> That's good. So there next you go. Problem we've solved. Got the problem solved. Is we're good at doing that on this support the Mitch's show. <laughs> all right. Next up, we've got uh, the, the quadrennial battle of the Meadowlands and Jets this year. They'll be wearing their, their all-whites against the Giants, all-blues. Um, I don't know. I want to pick the Giants it's to win this, game. but I, I can't. I, the Giants have no running game right now. Jets wouldn't allow them to have one even if they had one. So it's going to be all on UI. No one. Even without Darrell Revis, I just don't see this going well for the Giants. You know, I think Eli Manning will throw his standard 2-3 picks and Jets will end up winning this by a touchdown. I'll say final score, Jets 27, uh, Giants 20. I Which bet 27 Yeah, uh, I just – not having Revis could be a problem, but I just think – the Jets' offense is getting healthier. They're getting better. I still, Eric Decker's still just really kind of an under-the-radar guy for whatever reason. Um, and even Brandon Marshall's a little dinged up. He's still out there making plays. And I just their defense is better than the Giants' defense. I mean, that's kind of a no-brainer there. Eli Manning is going to keep it interesting, but without the run game, it just there's not enough there. There's not. I'm sorry. I should just throw to Odell Beckham on every play and see what happens. I'm not opposed to that. How long it would take the Jets before they caught on? <laughs> I I mean, he can jump high enough. He can probably, you know, just turn a lot of things that shouldn't be into catches. Can we, yeah, but can if we somehow, got 11 like, make on you, this actually happen? I'm intrigued. Uh. All right, well, uh, you'll probably watch this game just to gloat at me, but 
you know, depending on how it goes, I might not be watching much of it myself. We'll see. I got the Baltimore-Miami game and the Jacksonville-Tennessee. My plate's full, man. <laughs> yeah. I think I'd be watching Seattle-Minnesota. <laughs> You're so and, sad um, with my decisions every week. <laughs> yeah. Well, why don't we move on to the uh, late games or the afternoon games, as you like to call them. Mm-hmm. Yep. First, the first afternoon got, Good old afternoon games. First up, we've got the uh, Broncos flower-led Denver Broncos, who seem to have righted the ship against San Diego, whose season gone south in a hurry. Uh, The sound you hear is San Diego circling the drain. (laughs) Yeah, I can't make a good case for San Diego winning this game. I I think just McKinnon Allen went down for the year. That was just... uh, the death knell for their offense and mm-hmm. don't see that changing this week. Denver defense has been pretty good all year. Offense seems like maybe they're starting to click under you know, Osweiler and you know, it's going to be an interesting problem they have on their hands when Peyton Manning is ready to come back. But uh, at this point, you know, my money would be on them sticking with Osweiler, but we'll see. Yeah, regardless, Peyton Manning not playing this week. Osweiler is playing all state final score, Denver 30, San Diego 21. Interesting. I, I have the opposite opinion. I think that once Peyton Manning's healthy, and it may very well be next week, I would think it's probably the week after. I think you, you have to start him. I think you start him. I also think I am very much in the minority with that. But Brockweiler this week, 2-0 as a starter, about to be 3-0, Philip Rivers, it's a shame, is having a great season, but he has no defense and no receivers around him anymore. Um, so they're still going to score some points here. Uh, I just I don't see this being a particularly high-scoring game. I've got Denver 24, San Diego 17. Um, it just C.J. Anderson. I, I guess if you're you know not running out of, plays out of the shotgun all the time, he can actually run. I don't know what it is, but it. He's running now, and it works, and that's great. Their run game finally complements that pass game, so everything works a little bit better. I just – I feel bad for Philip Rivers. Yeah, it's hard to believe he and Eli Manning came into the league the same year, and I think Ross was Berger, too, if I'm not mistaken. Yep, so, that was a good draft. You know, they have uh, – what do they have? I think six Super Bowls between – or not – but I think they have uh, four or five Super Bowls between the three of them, but uh, none of them were Philip Rivers, of course. So. Yeah. Anyway, moving right along here, we've got my uh, beloved Kansas City Chiefs who have been playing a lot better recently. They're on the road against Oakland, which looked like they might be turning the corner a few weeks ago, but they've since sputtered. It's it's easy to pick Oakland to win at home here, but I'm going to buck that trend and say Kansas City manages to pull this one out of the fire. I'll go with a final score of Kansas City 27, Oakland 24. Kansas City's won five straight games. I feel like they did that kind of quietly because everyone's all about the Panthers right now and you know all the injuries and this and that, but like. They're on quite a little streak right now, and they look like an actual playoff contender here. I think that the Raiders are going to be able to put their own little skid, uh, finally put it to rest here. I think they're going to eat this one out. I think they're going to do it 27-21. Being at home helps. I I think that the Oakland offense is going to get it back together here. Things are going to be okay, but this Kansas City team is not a joke. They're they're kind of sneaking in here, and you know, I wouldn't want to see them in the playoffs right now. Well, for me, the dream if the Giants couldn't win the Super Bowl would be a Chiefs-Vikings Super Bowl, but I don't think, even though I picked Kansas City a few years ago and picking Minnesota this year, I, I don't think there's too much danger of that happening. You could probably get pretty Vegas, good no. and pretty long odds in Vegas on that. Maybe you should get in on that now, get in on the ground floor. I detect just a hint of sarcasm in your voice here. <laughs> just a hint? Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't blatant enough. All right. <laughs> but, I mean, the Chiefs are getting a little healthier. Charkandrick West, I think, is gonna he's going to be back. And, 
not a hundred percent, but him and Spencer Ware, I mean, that's that's not a bad backfield. It's kind of hard to you take those two guys and put them against any other two running backs in the league on a team right now, and you're hard pressed to find much better. Well, and of course, don't forget that they still have uh, yeah Nile Davis back there too. Yeah, unfortunately, I think the Chiefs have forgotten that Niall Davis is back there. <laughs> yeah, that seems to be the case. So, mm. anyway, so onward and downward or onward and upward, whichever direction you want to go, Carolina at New Orleans, you know, Carolina, they they look unbeatable right now, or at least they look like they're always going to figure out a way to win a game. New Orleans... Been a, a huge mess? disappointment this season. <laughs> On that note, I'm actually going to pick them to upset Carolina and derail their their perfect season, so the Miami Dolphins players can pop their their stupid champagne corks yet again. I don't want to see Rick Morris on TV. I don't want to. He gets crazier every time. It's weirding me out. <laughs> All right, I'm going to go with a final score of uh, New Orleans 30, Carolina 24, and we'll see if. If there were ever a game that you would overlook as Carolina, it would be this one. Very true. Uh, I actually I have New Orleans 28, Carolina 27. I successfully ended the Patriots streak last week. I'm sure that you know the the Broncos were all listening when I predicted that they would upset them and took that to heart. And I'm hoping the Saints do the same thing here this week. Uh, it just the Saints are bad, but Drew Brees has these moments of greatness and he can kind of pull it together long enough that I think that they can beat this team. It's not going to be pretty. you got to watch out for Luke Keekley because all he wants to do is pick pick off uh, interceptions like there's no tomorrow. Not at all bitter about what happened last week still. But I, just, I think that ideally if Willie Sneed's on the field, that's going to help a lot. But I think Drew Brees to Ben Watson is going to be a good matchup all day. And Cam Newton has to do more than just run the ball himself and drop it down to Greg Olson. Like, there's got to be more happening if they want to beat Drew Brees because he's comfortable throwing all game. That's not an issue. Yeah, we'll, we'll see how good that um, that Carolina defense is this week and whether, you know, what happens if the Panthers get into a shootout, which I think could happen here. I think it'll be a good game to watch, although this could go bad incredibly quickly. Like, there's no middle ground here. It's either going to be incredibly competitive or really painful to watch. Yeah, I'll go for the the, uh, fun-to-watch option there, but we'll see. Yeah. All right, next up we have a game which I would want to watch just more for sadistic purposes than anything else, and that's (laughs) Philadelphia – at New England, uh, even with Jazz starting a tight end for the Patriots, I think they still win this game easily. Philadelphia, I, sure they can I'm have... starting, I think, on three NFL teams this week, uh, just for the record. Oh. I think I'm playing running back for the Cardinals, playing quarterback for the Browns, and I'm also going to play tight end for the Patriots. I'm having a big day. With, well, the problem is, two of those games start at the same time, so that would be unless you figure out a way to okay. you know, try and teleport yourself back and forth between I'm not even worried about and Cleveland. <laughs> That'd be a little tricky, but you know, just some those are just logistical reasons, uh, logistical issues that I'm sure can be easily solved. But yeah. anyway, back I mean, to that's, the task That's clearly the only fault in this play. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So <laughs> Philadelphia, New England, I I don't think this will be quite as bad as Philadelphia's journey to Detroit on Thanksgiving Day was, but I think I'm predicting the same score I did for that. I think I picked a score of 38-14 or something like that, and that turned out not to be pessimistic enough. Here I think that New England wins this, not quite by three touchdowns, but I'll go with a final score. New England doubling up Philadelphia 35-17. And I know it isn't exactly double, but you know what I mean. Close, yeah. I've got 34-24, New England. I, for whatever reason, have given Philadelphia a little bit more respect. Um, I think, though, if they continue to lose games, it's going to end up 
like that scene from Varsity Blues where they all won't play for the coach and they all come back out and they're going to let one of the injured guys coach the team uh, and that might might solve some issues. But until then, I think they're going to have some issues. Like I said, I'm convinced Bill Belichick could just not even activate a running back and still be okay. We could be playing on the field. It's fine. I think that the Patriots' next man up mentality is ridiculous. I like Scott Chandler in this game. I'm a little concerned about the Eagles overall. Their their wide receivers aren't that healthy. I don't even know how healthy Sam Bradford is. He seems to think he's okay to go. Can't be as bad as Mark Sanchez, so I'm all right with it. It just seems like a mismatch, but I I think they can keep it a little closer than a lot of people do. But there's a big difference between when your next man up is Scott Chandler versus your next man up is Mark Sanchez. You have to admit that. Oh, that's incredibly different, yes. I mean, Scott Chandler's never eaten a hot dog on the field before. But that being said, we we as a show have been Scott Chandler proponents for a few years, so we might be a little biased in this. Well, we'll see. I mean, last year I remember <laughs> the, the Patriots, I think they traded for uh, Tim Wright from Tampa Bay in the middle of the season, and then his second yeah. or third game he caught multiple touchdowns from Tom Brady, so I'm convinced that uh, pretty much any warm body at tight end could catch, at least NFL player-wise, could catch touchdowns for New England, but we'll see. Um, yeah. yeah It'll be interesting I'll, to watch. Yeah, I'll I'll have fun taunting my coworkers on Monday, so <laughs> uh, that's about the only reason I would watch this. That, that'll be a train wreck. Yeah, next well, up, Sunday night, we've got a game that looks like it week. could be... Don't throw me out. <laughs> yeah. So next up, we've got a um, Sunday night game between Indianapolis. The resurgent Colts are 6-5 and five now and looking like they'll probably win that division just by default. They're traveling Somebody to Pittsburgh. Has. You were saying? Oh, I said somebody has to win that division. Like, it just it's required, yeah. and it will be them. At, at this point, it looks like it's going to be Indianapolis rather than Houston or Jacksonville, but it's, there's still a few weeks left in the season. This week, though, Ben Roethlisberger, concussion or no, I think Pittsburgh still wins this game. I'll go with a final score of Pittsburgh 28, Indianapolis 24. I've got Pittsburgh 31, Indy 20, 28. Uh, I think we both agree it's going to be close. I just Ben Roethlisberger seemed a little cranky about people accusing him of having a concussion, and it was just a weird vibe. Uh, generally, when he's unhappy, he plays pretty well. And the indie defense, a little suspect at times. Uh, their offensive line, probably the most suspect thing, so I'm still a little concerned about Matt Hasselbeck's livelihood. Um, but like I said, last week, probably last week I'm picking him. Uh, to win a game, I just don't think that he's going to be able to overcome this Pittsburgh defense. They are much improved as the season goes on. Big Ben's got a bone to pick and wants to show the world that he's healthy, so he's going to go out there with that crazy beard on his face, uh, throw a couple of touchdowns, and win this game. And it just I think this is probably the last week we're going to see Matt Hassel back anyway. Andrew Luck's coming back, so we'll, it'll be interesting to see how this indie team looks in the next couple of weeks. So now that brings us to the Monday night game between your beloved Cowboys and the despised by both of us, uh, Washington Redskins. Sorry to do this to you, but without Tony Romo, I think we both know what's going to happen to the Cowboys. You know what the worst part about this game is? Is my birthday is actually on Monday. <laughs> well, happy birthday to Cow- you. But, uh, Thanks. But the Cowboys are not going to give me the gifts I want this year, I don't think. Uh, <laughs> unless the Redskins get lost on the way to their home stadium and forfeit the game, maybe. I'd be fine with that. Not a problem in my world. So you, right. understandably, not picking the Cowboys to win this game. Am I correct? <laughs> uh, that would be correct. I think it would be close, but I think Washington will pull it out. I'll go with the final score of Washington 24, Cowboys 21. I, being biased and really wanting to make this happen, just
just willing them to win. I'm taking the Cowboys 24-20. I don't feel really strong in my convictions there. It's just how I want this to go. Um, But if you do hear my voice and you're in the Pennsylvania, Philadelphia area this week, on Monday night I'll be eating a cheesesteak and yelling at the TV, so you'll, I'm sure, be able to hear me for miles. Uh, So feel free. Stop by. Say happy birthday. (laughs) I I would think the cheesesteak would muffle that. I don't know. (laughs) I'm not sure. It's going to depend how ugly this game gets. All right. Oh, we haven't seen a lot of good things come out of Matt Castle. Uh, Kellen Moore is being promoted to be the backup since we can't get Brandon Wheaton back. We finally gave him away. It just, I, I'm worried about Darren McFadden. It's been a really long stretch without him getting hurt, and it seems like it's about time for that to happen. I would really love if it didn't, but I think there's a way. There's a way that Dallas could win this. They would have to, their defense would have to, try not to get 10 guys injured during a game, which is pretty normal, and it would be good if Matt Castle didn't throw the ball directly to Washington to see, uh, defenders if he maybe tried to throw it to some of the guys in white and blue first. I'm just not sure both those things can happen. Probably not. Probably not, but I'm really hoping they do. <laughs> All right. We've got a few minutes left. Do we want to take a look at some uh, daily lineups let's, let's this week? Let's do it. All right, so FanDuel quarterback, who you got this week? Uh, I like Ryan Tannehill. I really like Matt Hasselbeck at $6,500. Good value. He's going to have to throw the ball a lot, and I want to take advantage of that price while I still can this week. <laughs> yeah, I had him flagged, too. Um, Kirk Cousins at 6600 Rocco mm-hmm. Swiler at 6900 Hoyer at seven thousand, Mariota seventy one hundred, Tannehill seventy three hundred, yeah, Fitzpatrick seventy five hundred. Those are some of the guys that stuck out for me this week. Yeah, there's some. Good, there are definitely some good value plays this week for both DraftKings and FanDuel. I'm liking it. Yeah, agreed. Um, running back uh, or actually quarterback? Anybody else you want to throw in the hopper there? Uh, not on FanDuel. Got a couple more when we get to DraftKings though. Okay. So how about um, FanDuel running backs? Give me your uh, top three. I, David Johnson, 5,900. Really into that one this week. I like Lamar Miller a lot just because, like I said, new offensive coordinator, they're going to by default be running the ball a little bit more than they normally are, plus their receivers are a little banged up. So while I like Ryan Tannehill, I like Lamar Miller better. Uh, and then Charkandrick West and Spencer Ware, both decent plays. Uh, they're both going to be splitting carries. I think there's going to be enough value to go around that maybe it's a guy take as, uh, you know, to round out a lineup that's going to not cost me quite as much because there's going to be some upside there. All right, I'll go with David Johnson, who you mentioned before, P.J. Eldon for Jacksonville against Tennessee, yeah. and uh, Giovanni Bernard for Cincinnati against Cleveland. Those are three of the, the lower end price-wise that I think mm-hmm. are in for good weeks. And Tevin yeah. Coleman, too, If um, depending on how much the Falcons decide that uh, Devontae Freeman can handle this week. Yeah, we should. I would think by Thursday we'll probably have a better handle on it. Thursday uh, practice we'll have a better handle on where Freeman is, so plan accordingly. Okay. So how about FanDuel wide receivers? Give me uh, three of your best picks. Devontae Parker in Miami at $5,200 is a steal. Uh, Kamar Aiken in Baltimore at 6100 I mean, that's just ridiculous. He should be in your lineup. And then Michael Crabtree, 6600 Amari Cooper at 7000 I I still love both those guys. All right. I like uh, Kamar Aiken as you do. He's at 6100 mm-hmm. Jeremy Macklin at 6500 and Brandon LaFell at 6600 Good choices. All right. So... Instead of tight ends, why don't we hop over to uh, DraftKings then? Give me uh, three quarterbacks that you like on DraftKings. Uh, still like Hasselback over there. Loving Jay Cutler at $5,100. Ryan Fitzpatrick at $5,200. Uh, great ways to still get some good points, but also round out your lineup. Okay, I would agree with you on. Um... I would agree with you on Ryan Fitzpatrick, and I'll also mention uh, Kirk Cousins and Brock Osweiler as good picks there. How about um, running backs on uh, 
on DraftKings. Uh, David Johnson, 3,400. D'Angelo Williams, 5,600. Sean Drone, I know we aren't crazy about him, but at 4,000, it's hard to say no to. All right. Um, even with Charkandrick West back this week, I think Spencer Ware at 4,900 is a good play. Eddie Lacy at 5,000. I'll take a chance on him and with Garrett Blunt at 5,100. Uh, wide receivers, Love and Amendola at 4,700. Devontae Parker again. I really like Travis Benjamin. Brian Hartline at 3,400 uh, in a PPR style with the DraftKings is going to be a steal. I like it a lot this week. Um, uh, what about you for wide receivers? Um, I'll stick with Kamari Aiken, 4,800. Brandon LaFell, 4,800. And then on the more expensive uh, end of the range, I'll go with Alshon Jeffrey for 6,900. And if you're playing on DraftKings, you absolutely should have Scott Chandler in at the tight end position at $2,500. It does not get cheaper than that. No, it doesn't. Mm-mm. So good luck to all of you this week, unless, of course, you're playing me. Uh, I'll be the one crying into a cheesesteak on Monday night. Otherwise, you can find us all week long all over social media at the number 4THN Inch Show on Twitter and at gmail.com at fantasy underscore Sherpa and JKIM16 on Twitter. We're also on Facebook at FantasyFootballSherpa.com as well. And you can find us next Wednesday night at 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time as we are every Wednesday night with all the news and notes and predictions for the week coming up. Thanks so much for listening, guys. Happy birthday.